Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings. I'm Keith Finch. And I'm Jack Clemens. Hey, we all figured this is the first time the three of us have been together doing an episode of Gunday Brunch, uh, which Keith, who is Gunday Brunch brought to us by? These fine fellows on this banner here. I love editing stuff like that, Ian. Uh, and, and the best part is there are people who listen to the audio who will never see the banner. And they're just like, I wonder what's going I wonder, on. Right I now. wonder who they are. It's like at, at some point we may end up doing official reads. But right now, I just like the banner play. Yeah, the banner's, banner's pretty easy. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, Keith went to SHOT Show, didn't get Rona. I didn't go to SHOT Show, got the Rona. Uh, Jack just... Nothing didn't go, didn't get so we've got all bases. I am, I am winning. I'm winning. (laughs) Yeah, clearly, clearly, Jack is defeating all of us. So, uh, one of the big bits of news that came out of Shot Show was, of course, the um, the Croatian bullpup from Springfield, which they get HS2 renamed the Hellion for uh, reasons. Right. So my, so Keith, tell people about this friggin' gun. <laughs> All right. So leave it to Springfield to take a concept that the United States has been like, hmm, don't know about this, and be like, oh no, that sounds like a great idea by bringing one of the weird European bullpups into the country, giving it the name the Hellion because it's Springfield Armory, and then everyone's like, hmm, we should really be looking at this bullpup concept. Seems really forward thinking since 1977. Point of order: You said one of the weird European bullpups. Uh, all European bullpups are weird. I've got some. <laughs> so I've got some stuff on the list here. When we decided to talk about bullpups, I pulled up a list of bullpup guns. There is some surprisingly weird stuff on this list. (laughs) And it is clearly the good idea of fairy run amok when it comes to bullpups. Um, I will defend the X-95 relentlessly because I like that rifle a lot, but... There are some less than stellar executions of this concept. I, mean, I thought I, I thought I was going to be dunking on the Russians and just being like Russian bullpups are the weirdest. But it, as I look at this list, there is an American bullpup that is the weirdest bullpup. Which one is the weirdest American bullpup? The weirdest American bullpup is the Barrett M eighty two A two. Yes. Turns the Barrett into what appears to be a shoulder-fired bullpup. Like, it looks like a bazooka. It yes. looks it really got, it's weird. It's got that crazy little shoulder thing going on there. So yeah. the it's literally a shoulder thing that goes up. I, I was going to use that line. <laughs> I, would, I would argue that this is some sort of a brace uh, in our current <laughs> vernacular. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm actually looking at the uh, at the M82A2, and that is that's truly bizarre. Um, that's yeah. All right, that, that you you win. America. I thought I had shot like every Barrett because I was a Barrett fanboy for a while. I still am. I think Barretts are cool. I've never shot this. I I've never seen one of these in person. <laughs> But there's no there's no option for a bipod. I want to note that there's no option. Yeah. For like, <laughs> this is shoulder fired only, my dude. This is a this is an assault variant. <laughs> there's the, a uh, the, the links ahead. 
the Lynx GM something, the Lynx six is another bullpup 50. That's just kind of, it's really fun to watch work the, uh, the cycle of operations on the Lynx, but it's still just baffling to me that they're like, yes, we need to bullpup this for reasons. And I'm like, it's already 25 pounds. Nobody's hauling this thing. Like it's a carbine. <laughs> I don't think the rear weight balance does what you think it does guys. This was the one I was thinking of is the uh, John Garan's contribution to the, uh, the light rifle program, the T3, the T31. It was a bullpup uh, for a seven for made for 308. Uh, it was select fire. Like this thing is, this is, if you go Google uh, T31 rifle, you will get some fantastic photos I would no. like to know that this was also brought by Springfield Army. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. We need to. There, there needs to be some delineation here because that was the real Springfield Armory, which used to be the primary producer of small arms for the United States military. So, like, they made the Springfield rifle muskets in the Civil War, all the way up through you know World War II and Korea. They were making M1 Garands. Um, you can visit their museum today, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, the Springfield Armory civilian manufacturer has no, this is something that Springfield Armory doesn't talk about because their whole reputation is sort of based around this connection to the Springfield Armory, but they have no association connection or lineal relation to the actual Springfield Armory that was owned by the US government and manufactured weapons for the US government. Yeah, they bought the name. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they were just like, oh, hey, that's available. Yeah, the government was like, hey, we're not going to manufacture our own small arms in-house, so we're going to decommission all our armories. And Springfield was like, hey, can we buy that name? Because I feel like we can probably turn that into money. Uh, not that this is a Bash Springfield Armory episode or anything no, no. like that. But no, historic con you know, context is needed here. Yeah. Uh, and I have, I've actually been to the Springfield Armory Museum, the real one in Springfield. Uh, it's pretty dope, especially if you're like a super duper like developmental history of American small arms nerd. They have, you know, wooden mock-ups of the uh, Craig Jorgensen action that were used to teach people how to do manipulations. And they have this friggin' T31 bullpup on display. They wouldn't let me touch it. It was weird. They were super weird about me like drooling on the glass. I don't, I don't understand any of that. This is this is a, a really weird looking gun, but uh the flip it, up down sights are kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It it feels it feels very strange, like that that amalgamation between uh the stamped submachine gun era. Mm -hmm. where everything was very rough and ready, but them trying to do it in, in the rifle format. Uh, this will surprise no one on this uh, in this podcast or who listens to us, but Forgotten Weapons wrote an article about the T-31 literally uh, nine years ago. So we we live in the shadow that they cast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you make gun content? I'm sorry, but Forgotten Weapons has been here before and probably did it better than you. Probably not that I'm throwing shade or mud at Grand Thumb right now, but like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? We could talk about the mud test, guys, because uh, once again, the uh, first off, I want to know 
if he has two augs or he and one of them is alpine white or if he just spray painted his aug alpine white in between the ice test and the mud test because that alpine white aug in the mud test was fire <sighs> dude alpine uh, white on an aug just looks good when it was and alpine white on the aug <laughs> when it was just alpine white i wasn't like really digging it but after he pulled it out of the mug i was like ooh Hold on. Oh, you dirty. You be looking different. Hold on. (laughs) It was like splash art. I was really into it. You're like, hey, girl, how about your boy? Yeah, that gun looked (laughs) awesome. Uh, Also, I very much enjoyed the 100% reversal of fortunes. And now all of the AR boys are like, ah, we're superior. Thank God. In this completely. (laughs) So I want to tell my AUG story because I took took a rifle class. Uh, with a guy that uh, was a good friend of mine. We've since lost touch. Uh, and if he happens to hear this, bro, good. Reach back out of mission. Um, and he was an Australian dude, had moved to America, done really well. And he bought two of the AUG clones that would use PMAGs. Mm. They're not called AUGs. They're called some MSARs, I think, or something like that. Yeah, the mic- I had one of those. They were made by Microtech. It was, oh. it was it was when Steyr really wasn't doing their thing. Microtech tried it. I had problems with mine too. Wait, Microtech is in like the knife guys? Yes. <laughs> yes, as in the knife guys. Small world with they did a, they did a grips. short run where they were building guns. So back to Og story. So his gun ran. I both of them ran. He had them set up with like one with an aim point, one with an ACOG, which was ACOGs were socially relevant when this took place. Um, and at some point in the class, okay. it, 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 came, it came time to do double double feed malfunction clearances. And I had done this a bunch. So like I had a really fast double feed clear, also a time when that was socially relevant. And he did something that scared me. Once we set up the double feed, we got on the line. It's like, go. He pops the barrel off of the gun, <laughs> removes the barrel, turns the gun upside down, shakes it. Both rounds fall out. He just slides the barrel back on, runs the action, and keeps going. And I'm like, what? That's not allowed. You're not allowed to do You can't just disassemble your gun mid-gunfight and get it back up. What are you doing here? I did not know you could do that with an AUG. I didn't know you just like... Yeah, pop oh, right off. Yeah, it's the whole that. thing out. One of the coolest, like, it's com- it's honestly borderline useless for the original design of, well, if we want to put a heavy barrel in and run it like a 30-round machine gun, but with, like, 12 extra with the really long boy mag, we can do that. But it's great for cleaning and maintenance. And apparently, double feed clearance. Okay, now I want to see uh, Lethal Weapon 5, whatever guy they get to replace Jet Li, who's obviously dead in the movie. Instead of disassembling a Beretta, I want somebody to be pointing an AUG at him. Oh, they'll do it in John Wick 4. They'll do it in John Wick 4. So instead of disassembling a guy's Beretta, he could grab the barrel of the AUG and like twist it and rip it out of the gut or something. And the, then... The- You'll go on internet forums and people will be like, this is why you shouldn't carry an AUG because a bad guy could take the barrel out of your gun. (laughs) Do you remember when Lethal Weapon did that and the LAPD Sheriff's Department had to put a response up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, They were like, this can't be, it doesn't happen like that. I remember watching news stories where like, 
are cops in danger because they can disassemble their gun? I'm like, I, I mean, oh. yeah, I guess if you're pointing a gun at somebody with the takedown lever already down and the slide halfway off, sure, it could be done. Also, I'm going to own up to at the time I considered that a major failing of the Beretta. I was like, <laughs> oh, it didn't be taken apart by anybody. <laughs> oh, oh, young gun internet Jack, I'm so sorry I <sighs> used my real name. Yeah, we. I would. I would very much like to go back in time and delete eighty percent of the dumb shit I said on the internet about guns from like, let's say two thousand and eight up until yesterday. Yeah, let's go with yesterday. Oh, I would delete it, I but I would definitely change my name. I would be yeah. like, Alejandro <laughs> Romanoff has opinions about this. <laughs> Like, this dumb idiot. I was like, oh man, look at this dumb idiot. He thinks the uh, he thinks that the Taurus nine millimeter revolver is a good idea. <laughs> I I was one hundred percent on the like five five six is a dumb ammunition. We should be sh- shooting three oh eight bandwagon. Oh, <laughs> I, I I was one hundred percent that guy. I so one of my earliest exposures to like gun culture as we recognize it now was reading uh, Cooper's commentaries in the back of uh, Guns and Ammo or whatever Mag was publishing at the time. And man, that will give you some dumb ideas. Like God bless Jeff Cooper, he was a pioneer and a visionary and an innovator. But by the time I got my hands on his commentaries, he was pretty fucking stuck in his ways. And I'm like. I, I unironically said things like crunch and ticker and, you know, believe that Fort that, you know, uh, ARs were poodle shooters and all of that stuff, just without a shred of irony or anything like that. Yeah, I, I recently had that conversation, not recently, a couple of years ago, somebody was like, oh, the AR poodle shooters. And this was at an event that wasn't very gun focused. It was just like there were a couple of gun guys there and some old dude cranked off with that. And I'm like. Sir, are you familiar with the Great War on Terror? Because I got to tell you, five five six is uh, earning its keep. Really, really, they're really doing are, a number on dudes. There are uh, there are bloodlines that have been changed thanks to the Google, sir. entire genetic lines erased due to five five six and JDAMs, but you know. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Right. I mean, we do like, hey, I have a question for you guys uh, because I am not like into, we're just, this episode is turning into like whatever we want to talk about. Um, I'm not into rifles, right? Uh, I've said it publicly and I'll say it again. I find ARs to be boring. Uh, I shoot my duty AR the for qualification once a year. And I've seen that, it on TikTok. It, it doesn't look good. No, it's wow. just, yeah, it, it is what it is, it, right? Like it's, it's, it's pretty mid my AR. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you're shooting. Hey, listen here. <clears throat> so yeah, I find AR is pretty boring. Um, what the hell is going on with the whole recce reconnaissance rifle thing? Can someone please explain this to me? Like, where did this? St- I feel old. Uh, okay. You have to say uh, I feel every single one of my almost forty years. I am to offend the cloners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So let us travel back to the great year two thousand and seven. Okay. And a a, a large website called ar15.com. Okay. Well, a young Jack is, is. Do we have to edit? Hold on. <laughs> no. No. Just. Uh, <laughs> A young Jack is typing in show ARs because I have like a little bit of money to like try and make something. And that was where I first encountered the word recce rifle. 
I had no idea what recce meant, but I did know it sounded cool. That sounds cool. And it's short for reconnaissance. When you say it, a boonie hat invisibly <laughs> like drops onto your head. Oh, where's my boonie hat? Uh, okay, so I understand recce is short for reconnaissance. Why then wouldn't we call it recon, which we've been using as shorthand for reconnaissance for a hundred years? Because British people are weird and we love Oh, this, do we have to blame the friggin' tea drinkers for this? Well, Rec- we, know, we know who to blame. We know who to blame for this. Someone made it culturally relevant on GunTube again. And I don't think that they were trying to say like, oh, you need to do X, Y, or Z. But it's like this cascading effect of like a good channel will do this and then a mediocre channel like ours will talk about it. And then like a bunch of lower end channels will like say they invented it. Fair enough. In Uh, 2007, you called it a recce rifle when you had a like long freeload tube for for a rail and you put a low power variable optic on your gun and you would say like this is my recce build in 2007 we were real dumb back in 2007 we're still real dumb literally (laughs) every gun meets this qualification these days like it's not (laughs) everything everything designed in the past two years is now a recce right so (laughs) i i think i think we've kind of lost the plot on this does that mean um, I can call my bolt action Ruger American a uh, bolt recce rifle? Yeah, I it's mean, got like, an yeah, LPVO go on it and uses AR magazines. Look, this Absolutely. Gen Five Glock that I'm waiting for a set of screws to show up so I can put an optic on it because now it's lower profile. This is a recce Glock. Uh, okay, so <laughs> this is my recce lever action. Then. <laughs> oh man, some straight Indian Scout stuff that would actually oh. be kind of dope. Yeah. That would that would be actual I reconnaissance. I don't want to hate on somebody who's like, oh, I want to do a recce build. Cool, whatever. Two thousand and eight was a weird time in everybody's life. Um, and I get it. There are young guys right now who two thousand and eight, they were really young dudes. They were before. like eight, right? And now they're old enough that they can be like, oh, I'm going to buy an AR-15. And uh, I don't have all of this previous internet knowledge that you old guys have. I've I've got one of these kids. I've got a little Padawan that I'm like trying to bring up in the right way. And what he's basically doing is selling my cast. He's buying my cast offs. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, this is like, how the younger generation learns. When I met this guy, he had a Taurus handgun and that was it. He was like, this is my Taurus. It was in, it was in like a gun bucket holster and i'm like all right man no, no. come on over we're gonna <laughs> i was like why do you have these like oh, i couldn't find a glock 19 i'm like okay well here's a glock 19 wait a minute how can you not find a glock 19 there was a time in the past couple of years where you couldn't find a glock 19 in the store this oh, okay this in the store. store that's fair i forget that like so this is one of my particular blind spots is uh, people will be complaining, oh, I can't find ammo or I can't find this gun. I'm like, do you not have an internet machine? Can you not go on gun broker and be like Glock 19 and then there's a hundred of them? Like, and then I realized that some people have never even heard of gun broker and I'm all, huh, okay. Well, so there's this website, it's like eBay, but for things you can't buy on eBay. Right. Uh, I mean, you're dealing with kids that never bought a Gen 3. Like, yeah. think about that. This they never had a chance to buy a Gen Three. I, I was, I was like, hey, if you want to buy a Glock nineteen, you can buy it from me. We live in the same state. We have all this stuff. It's completely legal. 
Um, what do you want? Because I got like a few of them. And he's like, is that a Gen 3? And I'm like, yeah, it's currently propping up my coffee table. Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Levels like, off my coffee table. Guys. He's like, ooh, finger grooves. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Speaking of Gen 3s, here's a fun fact. Uh, even though Glock has discontinued the Gen 4, they will probably never discontinue the Gen 3 because it's the only Glock that's on the California DOJ roster. Oh. So you can't buy a Gen 4 or a Gen 5 if you're just, you know, Joe whatever uh, in California. You still can only buy Gen 3s in California gun stores, which is why Glock still makes them and will probably make them you know, until California is it's not a state anymore, whatever is going to happen out there. Um, there, there are several models like that where you will Smith and Wesson does it with the shield and a couple of their models too, yeah. where there's legacy version of the gun that doesn't have any of the product improvements because California was just like, no, you cannot make this better and safer. It must stay the way we approved it. California, the DOJ roster for California is like a time capsule of like 2012. And that's where it stops. It's like there's nothing, none of the improvements that you've seen on guns or anything like that have happened since then. Now, is there a thriving black market of people buying Gen 5s and maybe sort of illegally reselling them in California? I don't know. I'm not an investigator. You should talk to one of them. Yeah, you, you should talk to a police officer, man. Just like oh. there are no 10 round magazines, except yeah. the ones that bought on the days those were okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god i love california so much like i, I really I, so I've, i'm from california i would never move back but californians california gets a lot of shit a lot of it's justified let's be real but california has a vibrant gun culture like a thriving vibrant gun culture that a lot of us don't really realize it has because we don't know any californians and also Californian gun owners, the ones that I have met, are way more about that civil disobedience life. One thousand percent. Then, like they they live it every day. Right? It's like Texas gun owners are like, we're from Texas, we have guns. Californian gun owners are like, I'm illegally carrying a Beretta ninety two every day because of a quirk in California's law, and I don't give a fuck. So I. I had a trip to California that is now well past the statute of limitations <laughs> to discuss. And I was going out there and I called somebody who I know you two know. Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, how, what's the best things that I can do in California? He's like, just, just do it. I'm like, what? And he's like, just do it. What's the worst that happens? I'm like, are you calling me out right now? Like, <laughs> like are you challenging me? He's like, no, man, straight up, it's a ticket. And what are they going to do? Bring you back here? They ain't going to do that. Remember, guys, every state is constitutional carry if you ain't a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's Philster's new, uh, that's their new slogan, is Philster Enigma makes every state constitutional carry. <laughs> oh, you man. didn't see anything that's just the, the the penguin from madagascar is the new <laughs> all right so to go back to picking on bullpups there oh yeah there's one on here that i think deserves extra attention if we are to drag out the sins of the past and beat it it is the oicw <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
if you if you're listening to this and you never heard about the oicw you weren't alive in the night oh man that was one of those guns that should have been so so cool no, it shouldn't have. It shot 20 millimeter air bursting grenades. Look at this monstrosity. You you guys were in the military. Look at tell me, me you want to carry this, this thing. Tell me there's a guy. No, I yeah. don't I don't want to carry it, but I want think we t- got out of that project was the XM8, which was not a bullpup. And it you also, also got the XM25, which was just the grenade launcher variant. And I think that was deployed in like very small numbers, but I'm not certain. Uh, it was really awesome in Battlefield. I'll say that when you could get it. Oh, yes. cool Battlefield. Yeah. But I, I look at this thing <laughs> and I'm just reminded battery. of playing Delta Force Land Warrior. <laughs> and yeah. like this, this was not fair in the video game land, but it also looks like it weighs 29,000 pounds. It, it probably <laughs> it does. It's definitely heavy. And watching <sighs> any of the promotional videos that they did on this thing, Watching any of the promo videos, you can tell the dude carrying it's just like fuck my life. Like, the entire mean, time, he's just like this thing is atrociously heavy. This thing I can is, carry like ten of these grenades. They weigh forty pounds in ammunition. Yeah, I like they're magazine fed from Barrett-sized magazines, as if this dude's quick reloading this thing, as if he's like dynamic grenade launcher is the latest magpul video. Like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute, I would. I, I I would watch Magpul art of the dynamic XM25. Magpul, if you're listening, launcher. reach out, get Travis and Chris back. One time show, art of the dynamic grenade launcher. Done. Gonna it's bring, over. Gonna bring the, 25, the 32. We'll have a great time. Oh, my Lord. Man, I want you, know you to imagine Chris Costa dynamically sliding under a car with a blooper to just be like, flipping your nades out like oh it would be amazing that would be good man those those it's crazy i think you guys all saw the meme about like that was the last time they were together uh with you know travis and chris and it got me thinking back to you know jack talking about how he's shaping the life of some young thundercat who probably has never seen those I sent them to him. Good, 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 good man. But like, think about how much those shaped gun culture and you can still see people who, you know, tactical turtle their M4s and fling their magazines across the range. If you've you've ever been hit in the head (laughs) on the line by someone next to you flipping a bag out when you like didn't expect it. Man, I remember like just getting clocked by one of these things. I'm like, the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> it's like I gotta get it out of there, and I'm like, it just falls. <laughs> do you guys remember like the the YouTube channel? It's defunct now. Of like the guys who were like low key making fun of it. Dynamic like, pie concept. Yes, dynamic yes, pie. Dynamic. Oh my god, <laughs> those guys were amazing, and their videos are still up. Yeah, they're still up. They're just not doing. Anything. No, they haven't made anything. But yeah, they're. Oh my god, they made some of the funniest videos that I had ever seen. Like, I just, oh my God, I feel old. I just went on and looked at their channel. Their most recent video is from seven years ago, guys. Woof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the second time in two days I have done a podcast that has basically turned into old man yells at cloud. 
<laughs> old man yells at bullpup. Yeah. Old man yells at bullpup, which is fantastic because in in the circle of all things circular, um, the United States military is seriously considering a bullpup, just like they're seriously considering a round that John Garand was working with a hundred years ago. So, if uh, the, if, if America selects a bullpup for the NSGW, I will become a I will become a homeless man. I, no, <laughs> I refuse. I, I refuse, refuse to acknowledge this nation. But what if it's uh, a Beretta bullpup? Because that's who like. Uh, that's this is my favorite thing about the. I'll NGW. become. I will become a worse homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I renounce everything. He will. He will renounce pizza, pasta, and you everything. Wanna, you want a double action bullpup? No. No. Okay. So that, that is another one. We watch the video. That thing is so big. They had to put the guy in an IOTV full rig <laughs> to make it look normal. <laughs> They no, needed, just, like, John Cena out there with, like, some yoked up gates to not make this thing look like a fucking 240. I am so tired of SIG getting every military contract, though, because... They're unstoppable. I want... Yeah, but I want my guns to work. Like... <laughs> the M18 rollout has... And I... I, I, I the following is not the... It does not represent the opinion of the Department of the Air Force or the Department of Defense... The M18 rollout has been an unmitigated clusterfuck. <clears throat> and you can't tell me I'm my wrong. Favorite, my favorite oh, well, is I still can't... the image of the general shooting it like, yeah, I know oh, what I'm doing. <laughs> Those were good. No, but maybe the SIG, Spear, whatever, MCX thing. Get used to it. It's going to win. I know it's going to win. Yeah. And I'm going to be just as irritated about it as I was when they adopted the M18 instead of the M9A3. All right. I'm, that's fine. I will write old man yells at cloud articles. That was your internet. most old man yells at cloud moment ever. <laughs> that situation. Oh. I recently reread that article for reasons and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Wait, the, the Lucky Gunner one where I did the side-by-side? Yes. Side? That was a yes. good article. That took a lot of it, time. It is a good article, but it is very like, about double action. <laughs> Caleb, I hate to tell you this. Double action is not a replacement for a personality. Uh, I have fully embraced the fact that if I had been in the military when they went from the 1911 to the M9, I would have been the guy being like, but my 1911, because I am <laughs> but my M9. We're stopping like, power in the 45 ACP. I'm that guy. I, 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 I cannot wait that. to trade this thing for a rail pistol that shoots one millimeter flechettes. Hell yes. At like, like 3,000 meters a I second. Don't, <laughs> Which brings me to my favorite bullpup. I, I swear to God, I'll keep us on the tra- rails one way or another. <laughs> one of us has to. <laughs> I have a bullpup that I actually like. I don't think it gets enough credit. And I need to buy one. I don't know where I'm going to get one, but I will buy one. I like the P90. Uh, they are, in fact, delightful. And with your stature, sh- sir, it's yeah, hilarious. Like, Shoot it. <laughs> just, you could literally just hold that thing out in one hand it like in Stargate. Just yeah. dual wielding P90 yeah. auto. He can teal clap. My favorite thing about the, uh, the Beretta one, though, is the fact that I can't stop hating on the suppressor because it looks like a fucking potato. Yeah. Like... Or a butt plug. 
I, I have seen it compared to an anal insertion device. Isn't there a third one that just no? It's there, so, there is in fact a third submission, but we haven't seen the caseless ammo uh, variant, which was a conventional rifle with caseless ammo that looks like shotgun shells. We haven't seen that one surface in a minute, and I can't remember the whole team behind that because the General Dynamics Beretta True Velocity one and then the SIG one are the ones getting all the press. Well, and you always knew they would because the caseless ammo, if you look at the mechanism that loads that thing and you're an armor, you just go, oh, motherfucker, that's going to break. But uh, it the, dies immediately. <laughs> the other reason we haven't heard about the other ones is only the... But only the uh, True Velocity Future Weapons, which is the name of the actual company, only the Sig Sauer and the True Velocity Future Weapons ones got selected to move forward. The other one was from Textron Systems, and the army was like, lol, get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) We we made something also. Uh, Oh, and... I'm sure that you guys all saw this. The Vortex Optics uh, LPVO got selected as the optic for the next generation squad weapon system. So that's cool. Good for you guys, Vortex. That oh, was, did they? I didn't, very, I didn't see that. Yeah, they won the uh, fire control with their one to eight, which is cool because it does a lot of the things that the new Magpul Mass Tech thing does. Mm-hmm. Plus a lot of extra communication stuff that DOD wanted in particular. Uh, but if all of that goes away because batteries are a thing, it's still like a really nice one day. So yeah. that um, is equal parts neato and burrito. Yeah. The <laughs> here's the best thing about it. And my favorite are the internet commenters who are like, I can't believe we're gonna just be issuing these to everybody in the army. I'm like, first off, you're not. If you've read the solicitation <laughs> for the next generation squad weapon, which I have, it's only getting issued to combat arms units. It's only getting issued to infantry, special operations, things like that. Everybody else who doesn't need the turbo, you know, our guns talk to each other and shoot bullets around corners functionality is still going to have an M4 and they're going to have an M4 with the new uh, SIG LPVO on it, which this is the other thing I love about the army. The army selected SIG's LPVO to gradually uh, replace via attrition all of their varied red dots and ACOGs and all of that stuff. And then they also got the Vortex LPVO to go on the next generation squad weapon because that doesn't sound like that'll get up anywhere. Nothing, and nothing. and Vort- Vortex is already an NSN LPVO. It's you can requisition those as well, and mm-hmm. it sits in that same uh, same space. So there are two Sig LPVOs that aren't specialized for the DMR. There are two M4 specialized ones. Mm-hmm. One's a Spec Ops one, and the other one is going to be the General Carbine Optic. Uh, for anyone who formerly had an ACOG. And then well, just everyone, everyone's getting it. They upped the contract numbers again? So from what, okay, well, I can't speak to the Army, but I know in the Air Force, all of our, uh, on all of our Group A, which is people who actually get guns to shoot other people with, whether or not they actually do that in their career, or anyway, all of us, yeah. at some point, all of our Comp M4s and M5s are going to go away and get replaced with the SIG LPVOs, which I'm like, eh? I need a one by 10 optic to check IDs. <laughs> Hang on. Whip that shit out. Put it on 10. I think your cat card's fake, man. Got it here. I do not see a watermark. Oh, weird, weird side on the NGSW. What do you think the over under is that 6.8 gets knocked out and SOCOM's like, no, nah, let's just do 6.5, bro. Because all of the weapon, both, both of them, 
also all of them, but both the weapons that advanced are going to have 308 and 65 variants. And SOCOM has been hanging on to the NGSW platform, looking at it and being like, yeah, but what about 65? But what about 65? We like uh, the ballistic coefficient. Man, yeah, I don't we know. We do, do like our 65. The, the whole thing with SOCOM getting involved is like, the whole reason that we ended up with the M18, I promised this last time I'm going to rant about the M18. The whole no, reason fine. we ended no, up with no, the M18 <laughs> is because SOCOM didn't want to pay out of their own pocket for Glock 19s anymore. And they wanted just the general military to issue Glock 19 so they could just be like, ah, we'll take these. And that was how the whole modular handgun system bullcrap got started. And then instead of SOCOM getting the Glock 19s for free that they wanted, they're still buying Glock 19s out of their own pocket and everybody else gets saddled with the M17, M18, which sucks and I hate it. There, okay. <sighs> There's a little bit of worked up saliva on that one. I, I, I heard, thank you, thank you. Got a little stuck in my beard. The rage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, All right, it's so, tan, though. It's tan. You gotta love it. It's tan. I can't wait to take a fucking tan handgun to Ukraine next year in the winter. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> there certainly is a lot of tan in various small locations well i mean we already know multicam works there so <laughs> yeah at least we've got that oh man multicam works multicam is i mean uh, we, we can all agree that multicam is just woodland 2.0 it is i made it 1 2.0 that is a bold claim i've never heard it made before i don't have an argument for it but it is a bold claim sir thank you i love my multi-cab i mean but i also liked the old uh air force digital tiger stripe uniform not to like be camouflage but like as a uniform to wear around base you could press some sharp creases into that thing. The tiger stripe looked cool when you weren't like actually doing some sort of real job. Like it was a good garrison uniform for deployments. It was trash. It was absolute trash, but I thought it looked good. And I will say personally, again, old man's yelling at clouds. I miss having the rank on the sleeves because now when I'm walking around in uniform, I'm like squinting at someone's chest, trying to figure out what the, the little, rank insignia in the middle of their tits is and I'm like, the, the, the marine corps has suffered with this for a very long time because we've always done the collar insignia rank yeah and ever since we went to the digital pattern which all the way back in 2007 they were completing over to the digital pattern they put black rank on a uniform where one of the primary camouflaging colors is black so they just got to a point where you don't know what the rank they are you just know that they will steal your soul if you get it wrong like, oh, here we go. Like, god that's a really big chevron chunk of chevrons over there good morning gunnery sergeant they're like, they're like you done fucked up son i'm a first sergeant and you're like no my life luckily in the air force we don't care that much just don't you know call an off don't not salute an officer and you're fine uh we can't talk about camouflage without discussing the blue digi Water camouflage the name everyone. <laughs> and then and then in like an amazing moment of sense, they're like, oh, if it gets into water, it releases a dye that's really easy to see. I'm like, damn, we could have just made the uniform that color. <laughs> we could have made I, the uniform easy to see instead. What are y'all hiding from on the I, boat? <laughs> it releases yeah, I saw a dye shit. that's easy to see. Um, don't wash your uniform ever, guys. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the uh, the navy blueberries is probably the 
all-time winner for why did you like I get it the navy's on the water the water's blue like because it was at that weird phase where everybody was doing some sort of digital camouflage pattern and so the navy was like we should do this and let's make it blue and there has to be somebody somewhere in that process who was like what but Meanwhile, What's everyone who's actually on these ships and like normally wears coveralls or they're mm-hmm. just regular straight blue is going, this seems excessive. We're, we're really going off the deep end on this one. Pun definitely intended. Speaking of overalls, the Air Force has released a new duty uniform for like flight line maintainers and weirdly Air Force cops. It's an olive drab coverall. And I'm like... Is it 1965? Are we going to Vietnam in these? Uh, but the best part about it is you wear it with your OCP, your multicam uh, name, ta- name tapes and rank patch. So it's like a decent looking olive drab coverall that makes a perfectly sensible duty uniform. Um, but then you have to put OCP name tapes on it and you make it look just so, so dumb. <laughs> Air Force, like like the uh, the U.S. Army transitioning out of the uh, the most terrible camo ever designed that blended in with nothing, and then they just piecemealed it into OCP multicam, and so you would just have this atrocious mix of OCP on the old ACU pattern. And it just it was bad. Oh, we'll still see people rolling around. So my unit, we just got. Um the massive cold weather jackets, which are freaking great, by the way. Um, but because other units don't have to work outside, they don't have those yet. So we still get dudes rolling around in like uh, Ranger green heavy coats with their OCP bottoms and stuff like that. I'm like, it's a good coat, but we also have to be careful if you go somewhere with the massive coats because people will try to jump you for it. It's a good coat. It's a really good coat. The one thing that the military has never done wrong with me by is cold weather gear. The cold weather gear I have been issued by the Air Force has all been fantastic. Everything else sucks, but... <laughs> oh, I I, uh, I had a great experience with cold weather gear or the lack thereof when I uh, first got, into, got in and uh, got stationed at my unit. Because I came to a Michigan Reserve unit uh, in 2007, and our first field op, I think, was in October. And like the day before, it was mid-50s all day, um, just fine. Everything was great. And I got a partial issue of gear and took it all to the field with me. It's like, all right, cool. And like the the most insulated item I had was like Gore-Tex pants, and that was it. But it was like, all right, it's going to be mid-50s out all weekend. It'll be fine. And then Michigan was like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. And we got two feet of snow <laughs> that oh, night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I got to do a live fire maneuver range as a uh, very, very, very cold PFC. <laughs> I know could go wrong. Um, Frostbite bring- could go wrong. That definitely yeah. happened. Jack, bring us back to bullpups so we can wrap this episode yes. up. All right. <laughs> um, bullpups that are actually worth the crap. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, there are a number of problems that I have with bullpups, but I do think Keith is right. The X95 is is pretty fire. If you're going to have a bullpup, I can sign off on that one. 
everything else I think is like a huge compromise. I will co-sign the FAMAS one because it's fun to say, and I probably just said it wrong, but also because despite all of the pop culture jokes about them, the French have killed a lot of people with that gun. Like they've killed a, they've eliminated entire bloodlines in central Africa with that gun. So Mm -hmm. it is a decent gun, especially when used well. So I'll, I'll, I'll sign off on the FAMAS uh even though i know that and right now I've, i feel like i said it wrong and ian's ears have perked up and he's like that's not how you say it <laughs> it's fans not for us yeah all right swine that's me or whatever but it's famous it's the that's famousy my, all right. my whole experience but, with the bullpups <laughs> but we can't get them here in the States unless you go to Alaska on a Shadow Moses Island. I, don't, I didn't get that reference. All right. Little... You know what? Four people will get this reference. And for <laughs> you, you guys, you're welcome. Everyone else, don't worry about it. All right, guys, that's <laughs> it. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for watching, listening. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and do all of those things that those obnoxious 20-year-olds on their YouTube channels tell you to do, but do it for us, even though we're old and not at all 20. Jack is spiritually in his 20s, just not physically anymore. And financially. And financially. <laughs> all right, guys, that's it. We'll be back next week. <laughs>